produced by the Better Living Institute and sponsored by App Judo for your app software needs, Bullet Pad for building lists on your iPad, and also supported by donations from our listeners, folks like you. We're Kira and Bill Van Ittersom, and today's book is Who Moved My Cheese? by Spencer Johnson, M.D., copyrighted in 1998. This is such a cute story, Kira, and such a small book. You can pretty much read it, knock it off in a couple hours. Oh, yes, I think anyone could read it in that amount of time. And I love it, too. It's such a cute story. Well, of course, the premise of Who Moved My Cheese is change. The cheese is a metaphor for what you want in life or what you're searching for. And often by our personal work and finding the right job, we have that. We get a good job. We get a loving relationship. We began to earn the money that we want. We began to build the material possessions that we seek. We have good health. We have spiritual peace of mind. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, someone comes along and moves your cheese. Yeah. <laughs> they take your job to India. And often we don't know who moved it. <laughs> it's true. We never really get to the bottom of who moved it, but the fact is it does get moved. I really like the, the characters in the story. We have these two little mice, and they have funny little names. One of them is Sniff, and Sniff is the one who, he sniffs out change really early. He notices when things are going haywire and and he takes steps to change along with the change that's happening. And then we have Scurry. Scurry, he also scurries into action. These two little characters are really pretty simple. They're not real complex thinkers. They just go, hey, things are changing here. Let's get out of here. Let's go to let's go do something different. And works out great for them. Unfortunately, they're two compatriots. They're little people. And by little people, they actually have complex minds, complex reasonings, emotions, many of the things that get in the way of reacting to change. All the things we big people have, don't we? That's right. Now, they're the size of the mice, so they get along fairly well together. They go out into the maze, which is, again, the metaphor for life or for seeking your fortune, if you will. They go out into the maze looking for their daily cheese, and their names, the little people, the first one is called Him, and Him denies and resists change as he fears it leads to something worse. And Haw, who learns to adapt to the change, but not right away, and not before he has some personal hurdles to overcome, and also the possibility of not making it because he doesn't adapt in time. Right. There's so, just a lot of him and and hawing going on. It's interesting name, little names in the book. So early in the story, Sniff and Scurry and him and Haw get up every morning and scurry out into the maze and work pretty hard to find enough storehouse of cheese so that they're satisfied, their hunger satisfied, Their needs are satisfied. And again, you know, metaphor for getting a good job, loving relationship, etc. So eventually they find Cheese Station C, big capital letter C, and they find lots of cheese. And they're so happy and they're happy enough to like throw the cheese around even. (laughs) And they're eating till their bellies are full. And every night they go back to their homes and every morning they come back to Cheese Station 
see. Eventually, they get into almost what you would call a rut. I mean, they go the same way through the maze. They go the same way home. They, <laughs> they, they get complacent. There isn't enough change going on. They definitely get complacent. Unfortunately, down the road, stuff starts happening at Cheese Station C. Right. Cheese Station C begins to look like no cheese in the cheese station. <laughs> and it doesn't happen right away. It happens somewhat gradually. But Sniff and Scurry began to notice, and not so much that there isn't enough cheese to go around, but they began to see that the great storehouse is starting to get diminished. And so what they do is they live up to their names, which is that they sniff who changes. He changes early. He smells He smells the change coming. And Scurry, he just scurries right into action. And they go running off through the maze to find some more cheese someplace else. Now they invite him and Ha to go with them, but him and Ha are still enjoying the last of the cheese until the day that they come to Cheese Station C. And it's completely empty. Hmm. And poor him and Ha don't react. Well, the interesting thing to me is that him and Ha begin to go and come from this cheese station, even though it's empty. They're still they're still anticipating there'll be some more cheese there the next day. They go home. They talk about what they're going to do. They worry. They fret. They go back the next day. Still no cheese. They do this for days. You know, it's kind of like you wonder, do people really do that? And I think it's true. I think we do. I think we see that things are changing. We know they're changing. We don't exactly know what to do about it. And some of us just kind of freeze. It's kind of the um, ostrich reflex where if the ostrich can find a hole to bury its head in the sand, it can decide that there's no danger coming along. And it makes one wonder, how come the ostrich isn't extinct? <laughs> right, now. right. And you get, you know, when you're thinking about people in terms of what we're attached to, our homes, our families, I mean, making a change sometimes involves having to move away from people that you love or, you know, having to move to another city and another state. You know, it depends on what your job is. If you're flexible enough and maybe you've saved enough money, you might be able to weather the storm. But some changes are really pretty abrupt. And it depends on the change, I guess, that we're talking about. Sometimes you're in a loving relationship and you wake up one day and your loving partner has walked out on you. That's pretty abrupt change. And so, you know, this is interesting to look at how people do deal with change. I think there are some of us who maybe do just go to bed and pull the covers up over our head and pretend it's all not happening, don't you think? Well, that's, of course, the depression response. And I guess we could say that hem and haw are reacting as opposed to acting and sniff and scurry are acting as opposed to reacting. Poor hem and haw. They sit down against the wall at cheese station C and they say, what? No cheese. And they say, who moved my cheese? And they say, it's not fair. And they rant and they rave and they get depressed, as Kira said. Oh, well, and they want to blame somebody. They definitely. It? I mean, they, somebody else did it. They're not responsible, right? And they actually go so far as to decide, well, 
Someone must have just moved the cheese on the other side of the wall. So one morning they bring their tools and they bring a little chisel each and they bring a hammer each and they start banging at the wall and pretty soon they've got a hole through the wall and they peer through the hole and they discover no cheese on the other side of the wall. It really does illustrate to what lengths we will go to try and hang on to something <laughs> that just is not there. It's an illusion. Flown, flown it's an coop. illusion. And they, the poor little guys, the next day they come back and they hammer more and chisel more and the next day more. And so then they end up with just a great big hole that they could put their whole head through. And still, there's no cheese. Right. They spend just an inordinate amount of time looking for this cheese that doesn't exist. And of and- course, every day, as Kira said, they're getting more hungry. They're becoming emaciated. They're losing the strength that they need to get back in the game. And that's the real danger here. If you don't change, you can become extinct. Right. I think that's actually one of the little things that were written in the book. One of the little lessons that they learned. That's another cute thing about the book, Kira, is that they have these little sayings that Ha writes on the different walls once he finally decides to go search for the new cheese and these sayings are called the handwriting on the wall. <laughs> so there's a lot of little tongue-in-cheek yeah, going so on with you, you know, know with and I really do love Ha. I mean, he just the thing I like about Ha is that he has a really big heart. And even when he finally decides to leave his friend him who just will not leave, him is so attached to his cheese and he really wants that cheese back and he's not leaving till he gets it. And he's so sure that at some point it's going to reappear. And Ha finally realizes that, you know, he's going to have to learn to adapt or he's going to die. So he goes running off through the maze. And the interesting thing is that he continues to think about his friend, him, and worry about him and want to go back and rescue him and teach him lessons. So he keeps writing these little things on the wall so that him will, if he follows along, him will learn these things as he goes along. It's really quite interesting. He's the loving character in the story. And of course... Sniff and Scurry, by this time, have already found the new cheese, and they are enjoying the new cheese. They haven't come back to try to find him or Ha, and Kira's right that Ha is definitely the loving character in the story. He's flummoxed (laughs) in the beginning, and he becomes depressed, and he listens too long and too hard to him and, and is afraid But one of the interesting things that they ask is, what would you do if you weren't afraid? And this becomes Ha's saying or watchword. You know, what would I do if I wasn't afraid? And he is afraid. You know, he's going into unknown territory. He's running down these dark corridors in the maze, and he doesn't really know what's going to be there. And and at one point, he gets really kind of upset. He, He begins to think maybe he should turn back and go back where him is at. And look for the cheese some more. I mean, he just is is so distraught. I think that's the wonderful thing about this little book. It really does illustrate the things we really go through in life. This is what we do. We try something different, something new, but it's very scary. We don't know exactly how we're going to overcome all the obstacles we're going to meet. We're in unknown territory. But, you know, he has enough trust in himself, and he just keeps finding enough along the way You know, every time he finds a new little piece of cheese or some new evidence that maybe he should go in a certain direction, he continues on. And this is really what we do in life. This is what we have to do in life if we're going to survive. 
We need to take a break for a moment to thank a sponsor. This segment of our program is sponsored by App Judo, your complete web and mobile application development service. The Japanese word judo means the gentle way. The martial art of judo got this name because it signifies maximum efficiency and mutual welfare and benefit. App Judo follows these same principles in all its software development projects, using the best technologies and computer science principles to serve clients' needs elegantly and intelligently. App Judo prides itself on building attractive and intuitive user interfaces that your customers will easily understand and love to use. Whether you want to design and build a new app or refactor and redesign an existing app, App Judo can help make your project a success. Visit AppJudo today at www.appjudo.com. Change is hard, and oftentimes you start off with something new, and you get knocked on your tail, and you have to pick yourself up. It's kind of like that one song that came out in, I think it was the 90s, maybe the late 80s, you know, fall down, pick yourself up, get back up again, and they keep repeating that refrain over and over again. It was very popular at the time, and it's kind of a very, very simple song again, but change is hard, and change means fear of failure. Change means ridicule. Change means humiliation. Right. And Change mean, means making a fool out of yourself. Exactly, exactly. And there are people that love to make fun of us, you know, if we're not succeeding. Like to kick the little people when they're down, you know. I mean, this is, it's really appropriate to call them little people at that point because you really do feel like a little people when you're running through the maze and you're lost and you're hungry. And I've said this about life, you know, we've talked about the people that maybe were in the auto factories and lost their jobs and how, you know, we have a lot of compassion for them. But I've said all along that it's a really growing experience for a lot of these people as well, because eventually what we discover is that Ha keeps moving in different directions and he has a little bit of success here and there. Eventually, he begins to feel that he enjoys being free. He enjoys the freedom, at least, of being able to go out and try something new and you know, that he does experience a little bit of success here and there along the way, but he begins to enjoy the looking as much as, you know, the process becomes enjoyable to him as well. And I think that this is what happens when we grow. We begin to build inner confidence and inner strengths that we didn't know we had. And, you know, this is something that would never happen if we didn't experience change. And certainly, if you're going to look at what happened that created the change, if you're going to actually be a detective and say, who did steal my cheese? Very often, you're going to find a culprit. In today's world, our manufacturing has completely changed. Technology has come in and made major changes. Sometimes we could say, well, I was a victim of technology. As an example, we used to have encyclopedias and we had salesmen that went out to the house and sold them. And about 30 years ago, I was one of those salesmen. I went door to door for a summer in the middle of my freshman and sophomore years of college and I sold encyclopedias. Well, the CD came along and put an end to people's Encyclopedia Britannicas that I was selling. So, And today, everything is changing at such a really fast pace. It's hard to keep up. 
And you may be doing something today, and tomorrow it's gone. Right now we're looking at net neutrality and wondering what's going to happen to the net that we so readily depend on. And we're hoping that it doesn't go away, you know, that we'll still have that as an avenue to earn a living. Or, you know, we don't expect it's going away, but we're very cognizant that people could put some brakes on it. Exactly. And that's an interesting aside to the technology story, because there are players who are greedy, who are malviolent, who initiate things which cause lots of change for lots of people, and they do it strictly out of greed. What's being done in this regard by many of the other players is strictly out of greed, but it's being done nonetheless. So we have to figure out how we're going to play against that. Some of the businesses that were closed and moved overseas were done strictly for greed, Bottom line is, they still were done, and the people are still out of jobs. Exactly. And we have to figure out what it is that we're going to do to move forward. It's not pleasant. It's not fun. And as I said, sometimes you make a fool out of yourself. And I, But I do think one of the key things that has helped us to make adjustments and change is that we tap into this sort of interconnection that we have to a higher purpose. And this is what I said before that I like about HA, because... Ha is very aware of serving. Ha wants to serve his friend him. And even to the point that at the very end of the story, he's still worrying about his friend him and hoping that he's going to come along and follow him and show up one day and find the new cheese that he's experiencing. And follow the handwriting on the wall. Exactly. Exactly. Well, on the day that Ha actually left Cheese Station C, he left these words with him. He said, sometimes, him things change and they are never the same again. This looks like one of those times. That's life. Life moves on and so should we. So he got up and left, looked back, and him was not following. And so he continued on his way. And as Kira said, he did eventually find bits of cheese that sustained him while he continued to look for the massive pile. Right. We're going to take a break here for a moment to thank a sponsor. This segment of our podcast is sponsored by BulletPad, the fun and intuitive app for writing outlines and organizing your thoughts on your iPad. With BulletPad, you can quickly create a hierarchical list of bullet points, giving structure to your great ideas. BulletPad is a great tool for writers and thinkers, featuring a simple but powerful toolbar above the keyboard to help you navigate your text with arrow keys and to change the indent of your bullet points. Use drag and drop to move your bullet points anywhere in the list. Use the zoom in feature to drill down on any section of your list or use zoom out to get the big picture view. BulletPad is available now for free. Just go to the App Store on your iPad and search for bullet pad. Before we end, we'd like to share with you the handwriting on the wall. The first thing on the wall that Ha wrote is, change happens. They keep moving the cheese. His second little saying is, anticipate change. Get ready for the cheese to move. Monitor change. Smell the cheese often so you know when it's getting old. That's a neat one, Kira. (laughs) And I know that people even think about that in relation to the people that they love. If something is not working quite right, even though you're so dedicated and you are invested, the relationship may be starting to smell like moldy cheese. Right. So even relationships have to change. The next is adapt to change quickly. 
The quicker you let go of the old cheese, the sooner you get to enjoy the new cheese. Change. Move with the cheese. This next one is interesting. It says, enjoy change, savor the adventure, and the taste of the new cheese. So this is sort of like putting yourself into the whole vision of what the newness can be. So you're working on the assembly line and you have what you consider a great job and you have great benefits. You have hospitalization, you have dental, you have five weeks of vacation a year, you have above average income, you have all the things that you think are really powerful and important and it allows you to have a nice house in the suburbs. It allows you to take care of your family. It even allows you to have a cottage up north with, you know what, maybe a sailboat and a snowmobile, you know, albeit small ones. Yeah, that's a great life when you've got a house in the city and and a house up north. Yeah, that was a lot to lose for these people. And then all of a sudden, change comes and they close the plant, which happened in Michigan, in Ohio, in Indiana, in Illinois, which is why they call us the Rust Belt. Mm-hmm. And before the auto industry, it was other industries, and this is on down through the ages. Change is always happening. And this is the last thing. Be ready to quickly change again and again, because guess what? They keep moving the cheese. So if we could only find they... We might stop them from moving that cheese. (laughs) I don't know. In some cases, there are they. As I said, there are protagonists who are engaged in making their life better by messing with someone else's (laughs) cheese. I still subscribe to the vision that we create our own universe. So we're the ones who are moving our cheese. And we're moving it because some part of us knows that we need to change. Well, is there a higher power that is actually trying to get us to find better things in life? If you look at some of the jobs that were in the plant, some of them were very dehumanizing. Not only that, but the environment was very hard. The air was dirty. The temperature was hot in the summer. It was loud. Yeah, noise pollution. So you wonder if a higher power wasn't trying to find a way to give something better for all of these people. They wouldn't choose it for themselves. Why would you choose it if you had all these great benefits? I mean, even if you didn't like the job all that well, you got 30 years, you're out, and you get to do whatever you want from then on. But for that 30 years... You're a slave, basically. You know? And, you know, so many people do work jobs in which they basically are slaves, So this is what Ha discovered, that searching for something new could bring him a sense of true freedom. And that if he could just change his belief, he could change his whole attitude, his whole, basically he could change himself. Right. He could continuously change and continuously enjoy the cheese. Now for those people listening who know that there's change coming in their organization and They want to help initiate the change in their organization. The author leaves one little caveat for this situation, and that is a change imposed is a change opposed. So if you try to push the change from top down, you're going to get a lot of resistance. And certainly in what's happening with the manufacturing, they have done that in such a way as to just force people 
and mostly they forced them out. <laughs> they didn't help them change. They just closed the plant and forced the people out. So that's one way to deal with it. It is certainly not a very nice way to deal with it, and it doesn't help the human potential at all. But if you have a company that you yourself want to keep growing and you're hoping that the people will grow with you, one of the ways is to get a buy-in from everyone and help them see what change is coming and where in the characterization they are. Which of the people in your company are sniff and which of the people are scurry and which of the people are haw who can be turned around in time and which of the people that are him and may never change and you'll have to let them go. And I think that's a wrap, Bill. That brings us to the end of our podcast for today. Bill and I want to thank you for being with us today. You can subscribe to our podcast by going to iTunes Podcasts and look for Book Talk, produced by the Better Living Institute. You can also find us on our own website at www.betterlivinginstitute.com, where you can find all of our podcasts, articles, and products. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we hope that you'll share it with your friends and family. For the Better Living Institute, this is Kira and Bill Van Ittersum. So long for now, everyone. 